Looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, holding fast to the word. Writer tells us that we should not slip. And the reason why we will slip is if we do not give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We need to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We know how easy, don't we, how we can drift Paul tells us not to make a shipwreck of our faith, but to have that firm foundation, not to drift, not to let them slip, as he says here in Hebrews. And so therefore, what we have is this word, therefore, in verse 1 of chapter 2. That therefore means we have to go back and see, well, what do we look at? And therefore, what we look at is chapter 1 of the book to the letter to the Hebrews. And what we find in chapter 1 is it is all about Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. The first chapter is all to... Uh, God's praise and glory through his son, Jesus Christ. This is Jesus, the writer is saying. And so therefore, after saying this is the one we are to give heed to, the one that we are to listen to, otherwise we will make a shipwreck of our faith. Otherwise, we will slip. And so he says, for this reason, therefore, because of what you have just heard in chapter 1, we need to hold on to this, to consider this, to give earnest heed to this. And what this is, is the word of God in his Son. The word of God in his son is what we need at all times and in all places. It is so easy for us in our day and age with so much information, so many books at our fingertips to actually, even though we may think that we are uh, reading God's word, We may find ourselves reading the word of a man or even a woman about God. Instead of going to God's holy word, how easy is it to pick up a book that someone has written about Jesus Christ rather than to pick up this holy word, the word of God? So easy sometimes to think, I'll just, rather than reading the Bible, I'll read a book about the Bible. Or even worse than that in this day and age, as many people will do, to turn to philosophy, to turn to um, self-help gurus. 
No, God has spoken. And we have it in the words of the Old and New Testaments. And so the question that we have for ourselves this morning and I ask of you is, do you listen to the word of God that we read in the word of God? Are you listening wholly to the word of God that is spoken? As verse 2 says, For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, well, how shall we escape, in verse 3, if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So this morning, brethren, friends, what I want us to see is that we should not be slipping. We should not be drifting. We should not be making a shipwreck of our faith. And how we cannot do that is by giving the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. What have we heard? And so therefore we look to chapter 1 because that's what the writer tells us at the beginning of chapter 2. Therefore... He says, therefore, so we look to what was gone before and we read in chapter one, that whole of that chapter is declaring and proclaiming God's final word, the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. And we turn to the, the prologue in, in John chapter one, where we have those wonderful words, don't we, of John just declaring that the son of God, that God himself has come into this world the word the word that we can read the word that is spoken and we see that straight away don't we in the first few verses of, of hebrews chapter one what he's saying is well yes in the past god spoke by his his prophets by uh, the, the fathers by the patriarchs but now but now the Son has come into the world. He spoke by the fathers, by the prophets, but now, in these last days, he has spoken. Not by, not by sending another prophet or another teacher, but by coming himself, Christ Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God. And so we read here, how something miraculous, something supernatural, something amazing out of this world has happened, that God himself has come into the midst of his people. And he has spoken, as we know, spoken a better word. Remember, the book of Hebrews is that everything is better because of Jesus Christ come into this world. So therefore we have the fullness of God in Jesus Christ. This uh, wisdom, this glorious uh, testimony, this understanding, this knowledge that we now have spoken by the word of God. Jesus Christ himself coming. We have the Old Testament, yes, but now revealed to us in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. We have Jesus' teaching. 
and all of his words, how we are to live, how we are to act, how we are to speak, how we are to become holy as he is holy, changed from glory into glory. We have the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. As you go through, as we were reading there through uh, the first chapter in Hebrews, we, we see all that Jesus did. The creation, the uh, purification of sins, that way of salvation, how even the angels who created uh, bow down and worship him. That God has spoken in this new special revelation. By his son. The son who creates, who sustains, who provides. The son who is ruler. Who has been placed at the right hand of the father. Declaring, celebrating who Christ Jesus is. And so therefore, when we come to chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, out of this, because of this, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. This is a command. This is something that we have to obey. We have to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Therefore, for this reason, in other words, because God has spoken. God has spoken. And how can we then say, how can you then say, well, I am not going to listen to you, God. I'm going to go my own way, do my own thing. I'm going to disobey you. Or even just take your word. Maybe I will read your word when I go to uh, church on the Lord's Day. Maybe uh, there will be a time in my life where I'll be in desperate straits and dire straits. And I will turn to your word. Maybe something will happen in my life. Then I'll think, well, okay, maybe I'll turn to God's word now. No. There is this command. There is this duty that you need to listen and hear. Give earnest heed to God's word. Why? Because without doing that, you will slip, be drifting, making a shipwreck of your faith. Seems bizarre, doesn't it? That God has given us his word. And yet, we tend to turn to anything other than his word for help, for security. We spend our time watching television, listening to the radio, going to the movies maybe even, maybe even... Uh, having conversations with friends over a cup of coffee and the word of God doesn't even come into the conversation. And that's perpetuating that closing off of our ears to the word of God. We're distracted. 
and we move away and we think, well, I managed to get through that day, I managed to get through that week, I managed to get through that month, I managed to get through that year without listening to God's voice in his word. You may think to yourself, well, things are going okay. I give my life to Christ. All is well. What the writer is saying here, he is saying, no, we ought to give. We have to give the more earnest heed. We need to consider. We need to study. We need to mind the depths of the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Do you treat God's word with that contempt, as it were, that disregard? Maybe you, maybe just even, uh, sometimes we we can read it maybe religiously, morning and evening, as we we maybe read our uh, a few chapters or whatever, but, and even then we think, well, that's good enough. But are we digesting that word? Are we studying that word? Are we uh, asking the Holy Spirit to then... Make us know, not just words that are written on a page, but the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We have that uh, need that, the writer is saying we have that earnest heed, there's that urgency there, that urgency. We, it's necessary. We have to do it. You have to do it, the writer is saying. That earnest heed. It's necessary. This is the word of God. And the writer, when you read through uh, the, the letter of the book of Hebrews, if you, if you turn to uh, chapter uh, 3, Uh, Verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He's saying the same words again here. Consider. Consider. Listen to him. Consider him. Be with him. Study. Learn. Not just on Lord's days, not just on the Sabbath. Every day, in each and every day. We jump ahead to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, the first few verses there. What does the writer say? He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto him. Looking unto him, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Run with patience the race that is set before us, as Paul would say. I'm going to run the race that is set before me. Let me gain the prize. To fix your eyes upon the Lord God Almighty. Don't be distracted by the earthly things. Don't be distracted by material things. Don't be distracted by philosophers and and self-help gurus. But fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen to him. Look to him. Consider him. 
Give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. And that is Christ Jesus, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And yet how, how difficult is it for us to do this? It should be the easiest thing in the world. It should be the thing that we desire the most in all of the world. To study him, to look unto him, to read of him, to digest him. That's sweet as honey. And yet how easily distracted, how even sometimes how bored we get. When we read his word, especially sometimes in, in some of the books of the Old Testament, or we maybe get to Revelation, and we sort of like get easily distracted because we think, I don't understand what's, what, what's being said here. It should be one of the most easiest things in the world for us to pick up our, our, our Bible, the word of God, and to read it, to meditate upon it. And yet how difficult it is at times. We're so distracted, as I said before. It's sometimes we pick up the Bible and we think, oh, actually, I don't understand what that means. I'll now I'll pick up so, uh, some, somebody else's word to see, to see what it means. And we can become distracted. We, we, we turn away from his, his word. We do not listen to his voice. Do you pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to, to give you that enlightenment, to do, that understanding? To, to keep on mining uh, the, the riches that are in here, the word of God, to consider him, to look to him, to, to, to work through. Or do we just give up and maybe read a book about God, which isn't of the Bible? So when we read the first chapter, what we realize, what we should understand is how... Uh, Reading of Christ Jesus, reading the scriptures, has become uh, a, a, an easy task for us to do. We're reminded of that, uh, of Jesus saying, take upon uh, yourself my yoke, because my yoke is, is easy. We, we look to the first chapter and we see how great a salvation uh, we have been uh, given by the, the Savior of the world. The one who uh, loved, even though we hated. The one who uh, is, is in the, uh, created uh, us in his image. The one who sustains, the one who is sovereign, the one who is redeemer, the one who is the ruler. We turn to Hebrews chapter 1 and we see what a wonderful Lord, what a wonderful Savior, what a wonderful Creator, what a wonderful Sustainer. Why is it? Or why should it be that I don't want to study? Why I don't want to read about Him? Why I don't want to worship Him as I, as I study Him in, 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 in Holy Scripture? God is not a terrible taskmaster who is giving us something to do which is something that is abhorrent or something that we find really uh, distasteful or, or something that is, is hard to do. No. As the writer says, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. 
Is he asking us to climb a mountain? Is he asking to do us the most, the most difficult job in the world? No, all he's doing is asking us and telling us and commanding us to read, to hear, to take in, to consider, to look, to fix our eyes upon Jesus. That we would not neglect this great salvation that has been uh, given. Why would you not want to delve into the word of God? Why would you not want to fix your eyes on Christ Jesus? What is it that distracts us? What is it that takes away our love of, of, of the word? And we realize that in our fallen nature, that battle that we are in to kill off our old selves, that battle that we are in every day of not wanting Christ Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, for we want to be the Lord of our own lives. We want to be the ones who decide what we do, what we read, what we do. The writer says, that's what's happening, then you will slip. You will, as he says, slip away if you do not hold fast to the word of God. If you do not hold fast to the word of God. He says, for how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape if we neglect the word of God and the salvation uh, that we uh, read of and take in of there in his word? Do not drift, do not slip. Because then, as Paul says, you will make a shipwreck of your faith. No, he says, Paul says here, consider, look. Give the more earnest heed to the thing. Such a simple thing, isn't it? Such a simple thing to read his word. But he wants us to be satisfied in him. He wants us to take joy in him. He wants us to delight in the salvation that he has provided for his children. But as he says, we will perish if we neglect this great salvation. Death will come if you drift if you neglect, if you do not escape the salvation that has been bought at a price by Christ Jesus our Lord, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. That heard him. You need to hear the voice of God in his holy word.
This morning you may be thinking, I'm in that place of drifting. I'm in that place where I am uh, allowing myself to be taken uh, the way of the world. But we know that consciences are pricked. To the children of God, if you are of his family, that you cannot stay in that position for long. Because you will be, uh, by the power of God and his Holy Spirit, your conscience will be pricked. You will know that what you are doing is wrong and that you will know that you are not in his word as much as you should be. And at that moment, you say, Lord, forgive me. Give me that desire for your word once more that I once had. Help me not to be embarrassed in the reading of your word around the table. Help me not be embarrassed to be sharing uh, the gospel with my friends, my family, my children. There is that hope. He says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Well, the answer is we will escape if we do not neglect so great a salvation that we have heard about as being confirmed in us as we hear his word spoken through his holy scripture. That is that hope, that is that assurance that we have. But the warning is that if we do neglect, if you do neglect to earnestly heed the things which we, you have heard, then you will not escape. You will not escape death. But the writer is writing to give that hope, to give that assurance, to give that confirmation. That when you earnestly heed, when you consider, when you look, when you fix your eyes on the Lord, your Saviour, you will escape. Because you have heard the words that bring life, not death. And so here, God mercifully, graciously gives that understanding that knowledge, that wisdom. And he says it's a simple thing. Read, digest, eat of his word. How could you not want to read his word? How could you not want to read his word? How could you not want to do that? To meditate upon his laws by day, by night. The one who we read in, uh, if you're ever in that position, read Hebrews chapter 1. This is the God who we worship. This is the God who we honor and adore. This is the God who has given himself uh, to us. That all who believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, earnestly heed to the things which you have hurt otherwise you will slip let us pray
Father God, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into this world, the Word that became flesh and dwell among us, the Word that we are now to uh, fix our eyes upon. And so, Father God, we uh, thank you for those among us who have, uh, who have given and know uh, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But Lord God, we uh, pray for those. We pray that they would, this morning, fix their eyes on Jesus, look to his word, that they would cry out to him for mercy, for that grace which passes all understanding, and that they would then uh, escape death, and be brought into that wonderful life. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. We sing uh, from Psalm 132. Uh, verses 13 to the end, Psalm 132, verses 13 to the end. For God of Zion have made choice, there he desires to dwell. This is my rest, here still I'll stay, for I do like it well. Psalm 132, verses 13 to the end. <coughs> God of Zion
intimations, uh, the evening service at the usual time of 6.30, and the services next Sabbath at the usual times of the 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. taken by the Reverend Raymond Kemp, and the prayer meeting on Thursday at the usual time of 7.30 p.m. Uh, is being led by uh, Mr. Derek McLean. And as you know, there is to be a meeting of the training of the ministry committee held on the Tuesday 23rd in this building. It has been arranged that a student being interviewed uh, can be accommodated in the manse tomorrow night. We close our worship. Uh, coming again this evening at 6.30. But now... <coughs> May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit with you all, both now and always. Amen. Amen. Amen.